you have your Bibles with you. Turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. We shall begin reading at verse 4. We are still working through the motivational gifts. And I, I'm going to try to teach. If I end up preaching, that's okay, man. Beginning in verse 4, I will be reading from the New King James. For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. Say, thank you, Lord. So we being many are one body in Christ. And individually, members of one another. Having the gifts differing according to the grace that is given unto us. Let us use them. Matter of fact, say that with me. Let us use them. Amen. He's talking to each and every one of us. Amen. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. If ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching and he who exhorts in exhortation. Amen. 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 The gift of exaltation. The exhorter. The exhorter. His, his place in the body. Amen. In these motivational gifts, we have come upon the one that, what I would say would be the verbal the one that is the talker, the one that, that has been given the gift to say the right words at the right time, that it speaks into your spirit to encourage you to go on. Matter of fact, let's, let's, let's get another. Let me, let me give you another scripture. Hebrews, book of Hebrews, chapter 10. And hopefully you that are exhorters today, as we talk about this, that you will see yourself. Beginning in verse 24, Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 24. I'm going to try to teach, so if I don't get you excited by preaching, that's okay. The word ought to do it, amen, amen. all by itself. But if I get excited in the word before you do, excuse me, okay? 
And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Now, notice what it's saying. Notice what it's saying. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Because that is part of the gift of exhortation is to stir up that which is in us that we may walk faithful or apply God's word. And I, I, will, I will get deeper in that definition in a minute. Let me read verse 25. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. Now, let's, let's, let's deal with this. He said, don't stay away from church too long. Amen. Some of us need to hear this. Amen. <laughs> Because what he's saying that in the fellowship of one another, what should be going on is that we should be encouraging one another. Should be. Should be. See, even if your dominant gift is not that of an exalter, and an exalter is one who encourages, all of us got all seven of them, so you ought to be, in, be able to encourage somebody at some time. Amen. Now, notice what he says. Let's, let's go back. Let's, let's, let's go back. Let's, let's, let's go back. Verse 24. Let us, consider, let us think about. And I wasn't even going to deal with that verse. Let's go back. Deal with that. Amen. Let us think about one another. So when you come to church, you're not just coming to get. You're coming to give. Hello? You understand that now? Of course, we all coming to get from God, but you ought to be in position to say something to somebody to help them along this walk. God wants to use your mouth. You know, somebody this week has not been told for a long time that they are loved. Some child in this See, we're so busy fussing about where her skirt is too high. Maybe it's too high because she wants some attention because mama and daddy don't tell them that they love them. And all they want is somebody to really come up to them and say, I love you, and God loves you too. Don't you know that will break somebody's heart if you really mean it? Stir up love. And good works, what do good works mean? It means some of us, the exalted, hate to see somebody who's caught in a bondage. See, they know that Christ has given us the abundant life. And they don't want nobody living under what God has given them. So what they do is try to encourage people, say, come on, bro, get out of that bondage. And because it want to take you from point A to point C, and I'm going to show you how to get there. They are encouragers. They are people that has words to encourage you to get where you need to be because they don't want you to stay where you're at. Now, notice, notice, let's go back to our verse. He said, in order, he said, consider one another in order that you may stir up to, to let it manifest, to bring out that which is in you, what is in you, the love of God and good works. That means that you may find your ministry and do what you're supposed to do. 
Because that is God's purpose for you. So the encourager is one that speaks to the heart. When a teacher may give us information to the mind, the exhorter shoots at the heart. James is an exhorter. James says, he says, not only the word, but faith is works. Not just talk. Faith is putting it into action. The exhorter says, do what you're supposed to do. Not just talk it, but put it into action. If you know you need to pray, just don't talk about it. Get down on your knees and pray. The exhorter says, if you know you need to read the word, just don't say you know you need the word. Open up the word and read it. The exhorter is the one who says, now that you know what to do, just do it. <laughs> and they give you steps to do it. And when we come together, you know what we should be doing? Exhorting one another. See, we're talking about everything else but the wrong, but the right thing. See, it's not about Susie. Susie Sue or whoever her name is. It's about, hey man, how was the Lord to you this week? Have the Lord been talking to you this week? What has the Lord laid on your heart this week? See, when he starts talking about the Lord, it starts sounding good to me. Now I'm going to start telling him what the Lord been doing for me this week. Then by the time we sit down, we're already ready to worship. See, the choir shouldn't have to build us up. told the uh, deacons, I said, fellas, I, I want you to begin devotion, at least singing, by about 1045. Because, you know, there's a lot of talking in there. And what I hear is not talking about the right thing. They've been talking about what's been going on all week and nothing about how good the Lord is. So, so deacons, let's get their mind on the Lord so we can worship. So by 1045, start singing something like Amazing Grace. That they can start talking about how good his grace been all week long. See, because if you start right, by the time I get up, it's easy to preach. You're ready to hear the word. Why? Because you've been talking about his goodness. By the time you got in here. So do not forsake the assembly of one another because in the assembly of one another is where you talk about the goodness of God. So you talk about what you're supposed to be doing. You talk about how to apply the principles of God so that you can walk the walk and talk the talk. Amen. Let's go into the Old Testament. Let's go into the Old Testament. Let's look at an, 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 a person who has this gift in a, as an exalter. 1 Samuel, chapter 17. And I think I'm going to begin at verse 26. First Samuel, chapter 17. Verse 26. 
And if you notice, we're, in the, we, we're talking about David. David is an exalter. If you read the Psalms, they are exalters. They tell you that even though you're in a pit, you know, he may be talking about, you know, all my enemies are against me. Then the next voice says, but my God. <laughs> What's that? That's exaltation. Yeah, you know the situation is bad, but you know that God is able. The exalter always sees the silver line in a bad situation. The exalter always says, yeah, I know you're going through something, but just wait. God's working out for your good. He's not finished yet. See, the exalter always believes that even in a bad situation, God's up to something. Amen. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to read the story. The situation is, is that Israel is at fight is in battle with the Philistines. And the problem is, is that the Philistines have giants on their side. And in that time, what would happen is, is if nobody could win the battle, they, one group would send out their champion and say, I will fight for my group, and you send out your champion and let him fight for your group. And if your champion can beat me, we will serve you. But if I can beat your champion, you will serve me. Goliath stood about 10 foot. This guy was massive muscles. This guy was big and had killed a lot of people. And when he came out, all the Israelites ran because they were scared. They were stuck in a pit and couldn't get out. Sounds like some of us. Some of us got a Goliath in our lives. And even though you're trying to get. Don't you know that there's more than one battle that will come in your life? <laughs> but the gift of the exalter is not one that comes just in bad situation but it stays ready all the time if you're walking with the Lord. See the problem with the exalter is is that even though if they're in the flow of the spirit they're not judgmental. What I mean by that is you can be down and out and they won't look down on you because they know that they're just a step away from being where you're at. And some of us need to learn that. You see somebody say that isn't that a shame eating out of the garbage can. If it had not been for God's grace in your life, there go. They was, well, she was smelling the day, huh? They're like a clothes that been had on all week. If it had not been for God's grace in. You're not where you're at by your own strength. Amen. And if you keep on thinking that it's you by your own strength, one of these old days, it will be you. First Samuel chapter 22.
I want you to see this. After victory, and just because you won victory doesn't mean that Satan is going to stop. Amen. David therefore depart from there and escape to the cave and out on him. What's going on? Saul is after him. Saul is after him. And Saul, with his brother and his father's house, heard of it. They went down to him. Now notice verse 2. And everyone who was in distress, everyone that was in debt, everyone that was discontent, gathered to him. Over 400 men. That's just men. But also women and children came to him. Why would these people who was in this type of down mentality come to him? Because David was an encourager. See, everybody want words to be spoken to them that will build them up. David took these 400 discontent, outcasts, nobody wanted people, and made them a soldiers. David took these that didn't fit into society and made them warriors. David took these that nobody thought was any good and spoke life into them and made them believe in themselves and these guys became bad. David took these 400 that couldn't beat nobody, turned them into soldiers that could beat everybody because David believed in them. See, sometimes you take somebody who has turned out to be nothing and all they needed was somebody to believe in them and they could have been everything. See, some of us, the only reason why we're where we're at is somebody believed in us. It wasn't because we had everything, but somebody kept on encouraging us. When we felt like giving up, they kept on saying, man, you can do it. Don't give up. I believe in you. Have you believed in lately? Who have you put into lately? See, there's power in what you speak. There's power in the words that we speak to one another. And we can either destroy one another or we can build one another up. See? A lot of, counseled a lot of marriages. And in those marriages, what I found out is sometimes we speak to our loved ones the way I wouldn't speak to a dog. And we think that we just said it at that moment, but don't you know that goes into the spirit? It goes into the exalter cup to put into. But Satan has actually taken that because he knows the power of the mouth and he has turned it around. And some of us who are supposed to be speaking good words are speaking. James says, how can sweet water and bitter water come out of the same fountain? How can you bless God then curse man? How can a fig tree that's supposed to have sweet figs on it, bear sweet figs and sour ones, can't do it? 
But yeah, we do it. See, when we're in the spirit, we're here, everything's okay. But when you go home to that mate, what do you say? And we wonder why. They wonder why. See, because what you give out will eventually come back. There's a spiritual law that what you saw, you show. And no matter how much you try to undercut that, you can't. No, you know, many of us think it's God's judgment. It ain't God's judgment. All it is is a spiritual principle that whatever you put out, sooner or later, (laughs) might as well get used to it. Whatever you sow out there, 10 years down the line, and God reminds you what you said. Let you see something. Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. I'm going to read it out of Amplify because I think it expresses it better. And I'm just going to skim through chapter 18 and just read portions of it. Proverbs chapter 18. Verse 4. I hear pages turning, so I'll wait till you get there. Amen. The words of a discreet or wise man's mouth are like deep water. Plenteous, difficult to fountain. Fountain of skillful and godly wisdom is like a gushing stream, sprinkling fresh, pure, life-giving. An exalt is supposed to be life-giving. Because an exalt is supposed to speak into your spirit. You know what God does to us? God do not speak to you where you're at. He speaks to where you ought to be. (laughs) See, he says you are a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become. But the process, they are passing away. But God speaks as though the process is already done. Now, he's not speaking to where you're at. He's speaking to where he knows he's going to take you to be. And what we need to learn is we need, don't speak to where a person is at. Speak to that which God wants to perform in their life. Give them the courage to stretch out and trust God for what they're going to be. See, if I know that I'm down and dirty, I know that. You don't have to tell me. I know that I'm up to no good. Amen. When you know you're in sin, you know it. Am I right? Know it. Now, I might have to come where you ask and say, you know, yeah, I know, but let me tell you where you need to be. Why? Because God speaks to us to where we're going to be. 
If a person don't have hope, they will never become what God wants them to be. When the last time you spoke hope? When the last time you spoke hope into somebody's life? When the last time you spoke hope into your own life? See, David is, and later on, David uh, is in his army is out. And what happens is, while he's out, another army comes and steal all the wives and the children and burn up their homestead. And the Bible says that they, that the 400 men he was with start grumbling. They said, yeah, we're going to stone David. Don't you know that the same people you put into will be the same people that turn against you when things get rough? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Sometimes it's just like that. We're, hey, we're human beings. What can you say? And the Bible says David encouraged himself. You better know how to encourage yourself. <laughs> when nobody else is there, you better know how to encourage yourself. You best speak to yourself. Amen. You best talk the word of God to yourself. Amen. Well, let's go on. I'll leave that alone. Okay. Verse 6, 7, and 8. Uh, a self-confident fool lips. Listen to this. A self-confident fool's lip bring contention. And his mouth invites, Ma says, beatings. <laughs> That's rough, ain't it? Seven. A self-confident fool's mouth is his, amen, and his lips are a, you can destroy yourself by what you say. What are you speaking to yourself? You got to watch what you say. If it's not God's word, don't say it. You call yourself dumb and you can't make it. Sooner or later, you're going to act dumb and can't make it. Why, you done spoke it into existence. Verse 20. Um, uh, well, let's go to, yeah, 20. A man's moral self shall fulfill the fruit of his mouth. And with consequence of his words, he must be satisfied. Whether good or evil, the consequence of his mouth, he must be satisfied. Satisfied. Verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen. Amen. What are we saying? What are we saying? See, it's more than just what I say and get somebody mad at me. But it goes back to my belief system. Because out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth. See, I can say I believe something, but what my talk say. I can say I trust God, but when I'm going through the storm, what do my mouth say? Say, I can say I believe, but when it really gets down to it, what does my... And usually what happens is when I speak something long enough, I'm usually going to do it. See, sometimes sin starts by what I have said out of my mouth because that is what's in my heart. See, sin don't start with action. It starts with the thought. But I keep on thinking it. The next day I don't talk to myself. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, uh -huh. 
guess what happens then? Then your feet going to go into action. Encouragers, what we do, those that have this gift, encourage people to step in the word of God. We got enough people encouraging us to do wrong stuff. Where are the people that encourage us to do the right thing? Just turn on the TV, and the TV is bombarding you with bad stuff. I need somebody to speak into my ears life. I need somebody to tell me the right thing to do. I need somebody to call me up and say, go ahead. Do what God wants you to do. I need somebody to be sensitive to the spirit that when I'm struggling, they can know it and speak. God wants you to do Almost finished. Almost finished. Almost in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Give me 15 more minutes. Acts chapter 4, verse 30, 36. New Testament character with this gift. Then we're going to talk about Jesus with the gift, and we're going home. Amen? Acts chapter 4, verse 36. Josie, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement. And Barnabas really is a dual name. It means two things. It means encouragement, but also means consolation or comfort our comfort, okay? Some of your Bibles will have comfort. Some will have encouragement because that word is really translated both. And I believe that his dominant gift was exalter and compassion. So he had both would fit him right, okay? Uh, boom, 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 boom. Acts chapter 9, 26. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. Now notice, Saul is converted. He tried to join the disciples. Nobody had nothing to do with him. Amen. Verse 26, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. Who went to who? Barnabas went to him, took him up under his wings, and encouraged him in his walk. Amen. Amen. What does an encourage do? They come to somebody and they take them and say, come on, bruh, mm -hmm. we can walk this together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. Who have you walked with lately? Right. Who have you put up under your wing and encourage? Right. See, every new member that joined this church, there ought to be somebody that not pick, but just by will, by the will of yeah. God, take them by the hand and say, let's walk this together. Call me if you need somebody to pray for you. I encourage you in the Lord. See, all of us need somebody to encourage us sometime. Amen. Let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. Uh, Acts 11, verse 22. 
of these things came to the ears of the church of Jerusalem with what things? That Gentiles was being saved. And they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. And when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad. And he encouraged them all. Amen. Now notice, his, 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 that's his gift. And they all with purpose of heart that they should continue. Notice, encourage them that they should continue with the Lord. And he was a good man full of faith, Holy Ghost, and a great number of people was added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed to Tarsus to seek out Paul. Notice what he's done, or saw. Notice what he does, he says, this work is good, but I know somebody who can help me in this. Matter of fact, I want to get them started in their ministry. So I'll leave here, go get Paul, say, come on, Paul, I got a ministry for you. You can, you can be good with me, working with these Gentiles to get them saved. Encourage you. Who have you encouraged to step out in the Lord? Those of you that you got, you know you got talk, but are you using it in the right way? Are you using it in the right way? Are you tearing people down or are you building them up? Are you taking out of people or are you putting into them? Say, I got to be careful what I say to people. Because I can tear them up, or I can build them up. I can take away faith, or I can give them faith. I can tear them, set them up on the right road. I can make them sit down. See, there's a lot of people that's been hurt by a lot of what people have said. Because you was talking at the right time. and Let me say that the other way. You was talking at the wrong time and saying and talking the wrong talk. Let's go on. Acts 13, verse um, 2. And I want you to see something else in this, okay? And they ministered unto the Lord and fasted, and the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Paul. Well, let me change that around. Barnabas and Saul. Now let me explain something here. Notice here whose name is first. Barnabas. Notice, even though Saul is saved, they don't call him Paul yet. Guess who had the lead in the ministry up to this point? Barnabas. Paul or Saul was up under his wings. Later on in scripture, Paul, Saul's name is changed to Paul, and Paul takes the lead in the ministry. And Barnabas allows him to take the lead because Paul is more gifted than he is. There's no jealousy here. There's no fighting among each other here. He sees the grace of God on Paul and said, Paul, you're more gifted than me. So I was just to bring you up to this point. But boy, you go. You go, boy, and let God use you. See, some of us are trying to hold everybody back, you know. We want to be up front, so we kind of like, no, uh, uh, if you see the grace of God on somebody, you pick them up and say, go. In the name of Jesus, you go. You see, because it's not about me anyway. It's about Jesus. I don't know about you. I didn't die for you. Jesus died for you. So if somebody is gifted to glorify Jesus, you go and do what God tells you to do. 
above. Above all that. Jesus isn't exalted. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> How I know he's exalted? Because he doesn't exalted me on a many occasions. See, isn't it good how when you're down and out and nobody can touch where you're at, that Jesus is able to come into your room, speak peace to you? Oh, I just love it. You're in a boat and the storm is raging and the wind is flowing, but Jesus stands up, says, peace, be still. I don't know about you, but he done spoke peace. Be still in my life many a times. How I know, how I know he's exalted. Because in his word, he's an exalter. But what you mean? Didn't he say that ye are a chosen generation? That ye are a royal priesthood? Didn't he say that you are his own special people? Didn't he speak this while you was yet in sin? Didn't he call you holy while you were still undone? Didn't he say in Ephesians? See, sometimes what I do, I go through the book of Ephesians. And I go through the first three chapters. Why, well, I need to be encouraged. Well, what you mean? Well, let's turn there. Let me show you how to do this, okay? Because some of us need to know how to do this for yourself. See, sometimes I get down on me, and I remember the old me. And I said, Lord, I'm no good. I remember some of the stuff I used to do. I said, Lord, I begin to get down on myself. But then the word comes to me and says, hold on. You're a new creature. All things are passed away. All things have become new. I said, okay, I received that. Then I said, Lord, I'm inadequate, Lord. I can't do what you tell me to do. You know, Satan feeding this stuff to me. You know? Then all of a sudden, he reminds me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I said, okay, Lord, it's not by my strength. It's your strength anyhow. So, you know, I'm still not good enough, you know, because Satan's speaking deception and lies into me. So I opened up the book and I said, Lord, show me. That I'm in you. Well, he goes in and he says, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, and it comes in. I, I'm looking for all those places that says, in Christ. Well, verse 4 says, just as he chosen, and instead of us, I said, he chosen me. I don't know about you, but he chosen me. So you got to make it impersonal sometimes. See, 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 it's good to say us, but sometimes it got to be me. See, I need to know that he did it for me. He chose me in him before the foundation of the world. I mean, Lord, before I was even born, you picked me out. You chose me. You knew that the day was going to come where I needed you. And you reached out and saved me. Amen. You got to know it for yourself. Amen. See, I can't tell you what God did for you. See, I, don't, I wasn't there. I, I don't know anything about it. But thank God I was there when he did it for me. He goes on to say, wait a minute, that ye should be holy without blame 
before him. Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Lord, you calling me holy? Lord, wait a minute, do you know what I used to be? No, you holy. Lord, do you know the stuff I used to say? No, you're, you're holy now. Lord, do you know the dirt that I did in my past? No, you, you're holy now. Lord, what you mean I'm holy? By the blood of Jesus, you're holy. You're not what you used to be. I washed you up. I took away the sin, and I done made you holy. So you ought to tell yourself sometimes, I'm holy? I'm holy. What you mean you're holy? In Jesus, I'm holy. You mean you're holy by yourself? No, I'm wrapped up. I'm tangled up. I'm messed up. I'm tied up. I'm saturated in Jesus. And because Jesus holy, he makes you holy. He said, you're seated? Wait a minute, you're seated? I'm seated in the pulpit in New Mission. No, 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 no. You're seated in your car driving home. No, 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 no. You're sitting in that seat at school. No, 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 no. You're sitting in that seat at work. No, no, no. He said, you're seated in heavenly places. What do you mean, Lord? What do you mean? You got authority. What do you mean I got authority? Jesus is sitting on his throne. And if you're wrapped up in Jesus, you got your throne. Which means that your power is not earthly power. But you got power in heaven. That means that when I call on my daddy, when I call on my heavenly father, he comes to see about me. See, Satan may be messing with, messing with you. You ought to say, Jesus, come see about me. The other turn and say, in the name, in the name. You lied to me too long, in the name. I don't believe the lies you said about me, in the name of Jesus. Not any name, but in the name of my Savior, of my Redeemer, of my Prince of Peace, of my joy. In the name of Jesus, you got to flee. Say it and mean it. You know what Satan does? He got to flee. Because he knows that you're seated in heavenly places. You're seated in heavenly places. God encourages you not to stay where you're at. But he says, I've been buried with Jesus. When Jesus was crucified on the cross, my old nature, that old sinful nature, it was crucified on the cross too. But as Jesus got up new, thank God that when I allowed Jesus to come in my life, there's a newness in me. There's a power in me. There's something in me that won't let me go. And even when I feel like giving up, it's like fire caught up. Don't have to stay. Well, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. If Satan got your back, in the name of Jesus. If Satan got you down, in the name of Jesus. 
if you feel like giving up, in the name of Jesus, rise up. Say, in the name of Jesus, I will run on to see what the end's going to be. I know you got to cross sometimes. I know it gets hard sometimes, but I got a Savior who is able to keep you faultless. I got a Savior who will pick you up, wash you up, and send you on your way. I'm so glad I know it for myself. You see, it's not about me. It's about It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. And he, he hasn't quit on you. He hasn't given up on you. You may have given up on yourself. But he has invested too much in you. He has invested too much in you. Do not allow the investment that Jesus has made for you to go to waste. For preacher, what type of investment, Jesus? Do you know he died for your sins? Did you know that he paid the price so that you can become all that he's calling you to be? Satan has been lying to you and telling you you can't make it, telling you you can't do it. But I want you to know there's more power in the name of Jesus. And he will give you the strength to step up here and say, Lord, I give to you all that I am and all that I hope to be. He's not asking you to do it on your own. But he will walk with you. He will talk with you. He'll speak love to you. <laughs> He'll hold you. He'll give you peace in the midst of the storm. Will you come? Will you come and give your life to the Lord? He's waiting. He's waiting on you. The work has already been done. But you got to step out by faith. And he wants to encourage you. As the choir comes.